Our scripture reading for today comes from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 37, the first 14 verses. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded and as I prophesied suddenly there was a noise, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them. And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath. Prophecy, mortal, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost, we are cut off completely. Therefore prophecy, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. All right, and now we are absolutely, I am honored to be joined by my dear friend, uh, a fellow graduate of Chicago Theological Seminary, Reverend Dr. Waltrina Middleton, um, currently the Executive Director of the Community Renewal Society in Chicago, and she's going to be speaking with us about faith in this time. Waltrina, how are you doing today? Hey, Pastor Sean, it's great to be with you, (laughs) fellow classmate and friend. Um, Really honored that you would invite me. Here. I'm, I'm doing okay considering these uncertain times, um, but remaining hopeful. Well, that's great because that's going to lead How into one of our questions. I'm doing, uh, I am doing very mm-hmm. well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so um, 
I asked you if you had any scriptures you wanted to use as sort of a theme for our worship, and you gave me some really great options. And I chose one from your list because honestly, it was, it really, it's a scripture that it wasn't until seminary and getting more exposure to Christian traditions, not familiar to me, more diverse than the ones that I was raised in, that this scripture was ever on my radar. I don't think these verses come up too often in white mainline churches in the United States. Uh, so what called you, uh, what calls to you from the scripture that you chose for today? And what do you think resonates particularly with this moment? Well, I think in this moment um, where we are looking at people in the streets um, crying out, um, um, I can't breathe in lamentation and lament um, um, for those lives that are stolen um, by persons we look to, to serve and protect us, um, to feel betrayed as a citizen and wanting to be seen in your full humanity. Um, and just the whole idea of I can't breathe um, speaks to the breath of life. Um, and when we think of Holy Spirit, when we think of God um, falling fresh upon us, um, for me, I think of the power and the breath of life, not only the life that, um, the breath of life that, um, that God gives, um, but the breath of life that also represents future and hope. And so um, when you look at the scripture in the Valley of Dry Bones, um, the question is asked, you know, can these, can these dry bones live? Um, can life be revived again in these spaces that seem dormant, that seems dead? And around us, we see death as a result of a pandemic, um, not just a health pandemic, but a racial pandemic that's impacting our society. And people are dying because of those disparities and people are losing hope. And so when I hear people say, I can't breathe, I also hear the scripture saying, can dry bones live? And so I think it's really relevant when we say, I can't breathe, this um, message that's underlined is not very literal. Um, I can't breathe speaks to the urgency of this moment to respond to um, persons who are dying because of poverty, because of race, because of orientation, um, and also the failure for us as a community to respond. Yeah. Yeah, and that is really powerful because there's this sense of all of these bones and, you know, do they have value? And Ezekiel doesn't have the answer and turns that over to God. And the importance of prophesying, of speaking into that space, of speaking truth into that space in order for this to for them to be revived first in the first formation, but then especially for the return of breath. I agree. Um, I think that, and especially now we see a lot of the movements around us um, inspired by um, an emergent generation um, of, of youth and young adults. And that, and that certainly is the case for just about every movement we have witnessed in our society where young people, or at its helm. And um, we have to be concerned about 
what energizes them, um, mm -hmm. what gives them life, um, what, what is it that they are passionate about. And I think in this moment, um, be able to look at um, scripture um, from very diverse lens, including youth and young adults. How do they see it? How do they perceive it? What is this new thing that emerges for them? They're not afraid to go into the valley of dry bones. Mm. They're not afraid to walk through the valley in the shadows of death. Um, they're trying to call it out, you know, and they're talking about it with climate change. They're saying, look, you know, our earth is dying. Our earth is suffering and we're ready to march to save the earth, um, to save our planet. And I think that's remarkable. And I think that we're, we're called to be courageous to go into these spaces um, where death may surround us. Um, and, and, but it does not mean that it's absence of hope. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think there's so much that we could take from that scripture. It's, it's such a complicated one, but to me, it's beautiful as well. Complicated and beautiful. Yeah. And when you mentioned that, that actually leads beautifully into another question that I had, which was, um, so the, the topic for this is faith in our time. And I'm not even sure if that's exactly the right title. That might be a discussion in and of itself. But what I'm curious about is churches can often be very context focused. You know, we know who are in our pews, maybe the, you know, sermons have to do with things that are happening that are very hyper local. And especially in a lot of, you know, at least in my context, mainline white churches, some of those young folks that have all that energy and aren't afraid to go to the, do the work that you were talking about, aren't necessarily in those pews. Um, and so right now, because of the pandemic, because of this particular pandemic of COVID-19, um, even small churches are suddenly doing stuff like this, streaming. Um, services are, yes, hopefully being viewed by the faithful few who um, are hopefully still able to get something out of church when it's not in person, although obviously it's missing a lot. But now you're not just preaching to them or somebody who happens to walk in your door, but you're preaching to whoever stumbles upon the message. If somebody for some reason feels like they need a word from God and your link happens to be the one clicking and that's right in front of them, there's this opportunity, but also it's something that a lot of you know smaller churches, um, even bigger churches, aren't familiar with. What do you think are some of the wonderful opportunities, but also some of the possible struggles of suddenly being thrust into this very small world that deep down we all know we've been in for a very long time? Yeah, I think um, I, I can think of three things that come to mind um, in terms of us living into possible identities that we hold for the church, the body of Christ. Um, one being a place where the doors of the church are open, where mm -hmm. we are welcome here. And what does that look like? You know, especially if some congregations, the doors are only open on Sundays and maybe one other day during the work week. Um, so now we actually have an opportunity to creatively um, keep the doors of the church open more frequently. And, and um, where we say all are welcome here, the second is, we literally now have an opportunity to, to there's no reason for um, 
denying someone access, you know, no matter your location, ability, et cetera, you, you have access to this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and three, the, the, which speaks to creativity, imaginative, divine imagination. Um, sometimes we're limited to how we can imagine what worship can, can be like. Um, and, and gives us a chance to kind of just stay out of the box, you know, you know, let's just, we're out. Someone freed us from that. So let's just go. And I think that that is exciting. Um, and maybe I'll add a fourth one, mm-hmm. you know, if we talk about the church without walls, which ties into the third, the creativity, the divine imagination, um, a part of that is being able to understand that we are not confined. We can remove those walls and we actually now have an opportunity to be in the world, to be in every corner of the earth. Literally, we have that capacity now. And so I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, the challenge would come from, you know, obviously those that may not have that learning curve for technology, um, access and being able to work to support those spaces so that they will not miss this opportunity to, to experience this new way of, of, of being church and living into um, this technological experience, uh, but also not being limited in our capacity to view um, the church as bigger and broader than the walls that confined us before. Um, having courage, you know, think it's really important for communities of faith to be courageous, not to be afraid of something that's unknown and unfamiliar, um, but to say, is this a new opportunity? You know, I can only imagine being in the upper room and seeing these flames and tongues of fire coming down and, and wanting to like, okay, get me out of here, but saying, okay, let me embrace the Holy Spirit falling fresh upon me, um, falling on us as a community. And I think that if we can be courageous and imaginative um, for this moment in time that we are facing, we are witnesses to this moment. Um, We're transforming. We are literally chosen to help transform what church looked like in this moment. Mm -hmm. And others will look to us, model that we shape and, and look back. And when they're facing whatever moment they're facing, know they have it through it. Because we will be the witnesses, yeah. be the witnesses. And that's a part of going through this, this valley of dry bones, picking up those bones and being able to see that there is life. How do we resuscitate what is here and not just say, well, you know, I guess I'll lie down and die too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is exciting. And as anything exciting, it's scary, you know, because so many churches <laughs> have gotten very good at, carrying traditions on and getting thrust into it's time for something new and getting thrust into I'm not saying this only to a safe group of people but there's somebody who might hear this who really disagrees with this and you know who knows we know how social media can spiral out of control so um, an exciting time and um, I just got an incredible image of the tongues of fire now being Google Translate um, when you were saying that. So, yeah. Yeah, exciting, but scary. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that's 
care. You know, it's necessary. Um, there's yeah. so much that um, we can achieve in this moment. Um, there's what, what, imagine, what can we hope for? You know, we talk about um, serving the global community. And for some people, it, it's really, I'm going to write a check. But I mm-hmm. can't imagine um, stepping a foot in that country or having a relationship with that community. Mm-hmm. And this past Easter, I worshiped with my family, my, my home church I grew up in in the South. And we had members from congregations um, from, from all over the world that joined us for worship. Um, and it's just a small little country church. And there mm-hmm. was not the likelihood of that small little country church connecting with a congregation in Kenya before because they were not even connected virtually. Right. Um, and now they're super excited about, are you with us for Christmas? <laughs> mm-hmm. So just being open to the possibilities. I, I think I think it's, it's frightening, but it's also a relief once you see that it's, it's possible. Yeah. I liked your word right there. I mean, I like that all, but like relief, because I think that there has always been this, um, I I'll speak just for myself. You know, I think church can get very comfortable, but even in the comfort, there is a discomfort of this is supposed to be more. You know, there's supposed to be something I'm sorry, this and life-changing happening, right? And so yes. there's almost a sense of, as you step into that scariness, that there is a sense of relief. Like, yeah, this is what this is all supposed to be about. <laughs> yes. And I'm laughing because <laughs> if you see a small little hand, it's my nephew. I don't know. <laughs> it's all right. And it's creeping up. But yes, I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Our uh, prayer time is often filled with cats purring. So uh, that is perfectly <laughs> acceptable. Um, so maybe maybe it's what you were saying about the connections. Maybe it's got to do with the little hand attached to your nephew. Um, it's probably less cat purring in your case, but um, that brings to where are you finding God nowadays and where are you where are you finding your hope? Well, um, there's always hope in the youth and the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed up right on time because yeah. <laughs> that's truly um, where my heart is these days um, mm-hmm. with family, um, you know, being able to spend a little more time with them than I normally would have. Um, it's regrettable that it's due to um, the reality of this pandemic that we're facing. Um, but we also which kind of goes back to that scripture, you know, like being able to seize this moment where we are. Um, it's painful. Um, it's not ideal. Um, but where's the hope? You know, where's the where's the love? Um, what what can we what can we pull from there um, to be able to regenerate life? And and in this moment, I I, I this pandemic is far bigger than what I am. Um, but this love um, of caring for and nurturing. I'm a child and receiving their love in return is boundless and beautiful um, and it's inspiring. Um, and I hope that it, 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 it continues to motivate me each day to keep moving forward. Um, and also just, um, you know, staying connected um, and also cooking. <laughs> I love, I love food. So right. 
just being able to uh, nurture the body, literally, in mind, uh, body, and spirit. <laughs> Amen. Well, I that sounds like a really good close, and I would love to have an hour with you, but we are just as a culture zoomed out. So, uh, and this Amen. is just filling the spot of sermons. So I thank you very much again for your time and your wisdom. And um, I know my whole congregation thanks you as well. Blessings. Thank you and blessings. It's always good to be with you, my friend. Take care. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs>